Welcome to the Dental Journeys podcast, proudly sponsored by White Coat Financial. Join us as we explore the journeys, strategies, and successes of dental professionals across Canada. Whether you're a brand new grad or a seasoned dentist, our episodes aim to provide advice and insights for your journey in the dynamic world of dentistry. But yeah, if you could fill me in on obviously where you grew up um, and really what life was like, let's say heading into undergrad, because I think that's a good place to start for anyone who doesn't know you. Yeah, so um, I grew up in a mid-sized city in, in Ontario, uh, Ontario, Canada. Um, was kind of not sure where I was kind of headed. I knew, you know, I wanted to get into the healthcare field. We didn't really have anyone in the healthcare field in terms of, you know, our family and whatnot. But uh, my cousin was actually, uh, an older cousin was a dentist. So I kind of had okay. some influence from there. Um, so in high school, I did, you know, a little bit of shadowing, a little bit of co-op. I did like a physiotherapy co-op at the hospital. That wasn't, I knew I did not want to work at the hospital. It just was a little bit, uh, a little bit depressing for me, I guess. And that maybe mm-hmm. that ward that I worked in wasn't the greatest overview, but, um, but so I essentially went into, uh, went to the university of Guelph for undergrad, um, did biomed there, um, didn't really have a sense of where I was heading, but you know, healthcare again, that's kind of, I knew that was where I was headed, but the first couple of years didn't go so well. Um, mm-hmm. Wasn't too focused cause I didn't really have an end goal, but uh, third year I was like, you know, this has got to change. Um, I started shadowing, uh, saw my cousin, what he was doing. Um, we had a couple of family friends that were dentists as well. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's, this is what I want to strive for. You know, it had a, had a great balance again. You know, everyone says the, you know, you have the the health, you have the working with your hands portion. Um, there's also a business aspect to it as well. So that was um, that was interesting. Um, you kind of set your own hours. Uh, mm-hmm. You're your own your boss, essentially. You can be your own boss, which is which is what was really interesting about it. Uh, and it was really open ended. You could you could take dentistry and, and you can kind of specialize in so many ways or you can do general dentistry and, and just focus on that. So. Uh, that's kind of where I was headed. Um, so that was my strive for that. And, you know, you take the, you take the DATs and whatnot. Um, so that went well. And then eventually when it came to applying, uh, ended up actually going to Australia for, for my uh, dental school. So that was a, a crazy great experience. Um, highly recommend to anyone, you know, a bit more pricey, um, heading that way. But, uh, I think it's definitely worth it. Life experience. You can't really, you can't really change that. Had amazing friends. Uh, the curriculum was awesome. It was very clinically focused, which is great. So I felt, you know, really prepared coming out of dental school. Uh, obviously there's still a lot more to learn, but it prepared, uh, prepared us in a, in a really good way. Uh, the living in Australia was amazing too. Uh, you, you know, you can, we were in Melbourne, but you can, you know, fly to other parts of the, of Australia and kind of have, uh, mini vacations whenever you, whenever you want, the weather is great. The people are awesome. And it was a pretty easy transition. Uh, even though, you know, it's across the world, um, the transition, you know, it's very similar to Canada. I just say it's a warmer Canada. That's all it is. A little bit of a more laid back, warmer Canada. We had a great amount of Canadians in our class. So that also helped with the transition because we were kind of all going through it together. Uh, so you kind of felt at home, you know, we'd celebrate Canada day and stuff like that. We'd watch hockey games, Raptors games together, we watched the Raptors win, uh, the NBA championship championship together. So that was cool. Uh, 
but yeah, it was awesome. Um, and then, yeah, so eventually got into, uh, you know, graduated uh, right before COVID. So I graduated in December in 2019. I uh, got my license <laughs> in, uh, in February, I believe, and then started working, worked my first week, and then we shut down. So a bit of a bit of a bummer, but uh, it was definitely an experience. I think it actually helped me grow and kind of helped uh, change my viewpoint of what dentistry was and what I wanted to get out of life. Um, I think it all kind of gave us a different outlook on life, being, Mm -hmm. you know, being at home, um, being stuck to your own house and not being able to see a lot of people. uh, You know, it it put life into perspective. You know, things can change all of a sudden and, and you might as well make the most of life work coming comes and goes money comes and goes but the freedom the people around you that's you know you can't really can't trade that for money or anything else so uh we only have a finite time on this earth so that definitely put things into perspective but uh yeah so you know started working worked at various jobs uh luckily i kind of had done my fair share of shadowing and connections throughout dental school so whenever i'd come back for for christmas break or summer break from australia uh, i'd go in and shadow uh, so i had connections in terms of jobs coming out of out of dental school which was great there were great jobs as well great associateships um and then uh yeah so you know i got to experience you know working at a startup working at an established office working at a you know relative startup to ex- you know, it's, there's different, different kind of associateships. So I got to gain a lot in terms of the, not only the clinical side, because, you know, I had some mentors and there were some, some clinics where I was kind of the only dentist. So I pushed myself and I was able to kind of grow that way. And I really went, I went crazy. I think I went a little too crazy the first year or two. Uh, my wife was still studying. Uh, she was still in Australia studying. So, you know, there wasn't much else. It was kind of that, like it was, it was, technically COVID still, but so you couldn't really, you know, you couldn't go to the gym and and do things like that. So I just worked. Uh, I was like, you know what, might as well, might as well make some, uh, you know, learn as much as I can, make some money uh, because there's not really too much else to do, but quickly learned that, that it's, you know, you work more, you make more money. It doesn't really change much in terms of your lifestyle. And, and uh, so that was good. It's good. I'm happy that I kind of burnt myself out early because I learned (laughs) early on that it's not really worth it, at least for me. Um, You know, everyone's got different viewpoints on life and what they want to achieve. So yeah, it's essentially where we're at. Currently work at two practices, associate at two practices. And this is kind of why, you know, we connected and why we want to do this podcast because I think there's a lot of people that are in my shoes, you know, whether it be new grads or, you know, students still in dental school or even uh, dentists that are more experienced than me that are, you know, trying to find what's next for them or, or whether what they have currently is just the way to go. Uh, so there's like, it's kind of how the name came through. I guess there's so many journeys in dentistry and that's what we're trying to navigate. And I think it'd be cool to document our journeys as well as we kind of navigate it through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for that. I um, There's actually a couple things I wanted to expand on because when you were in Melbourne, you started, was it dentist to be? Um, which yeah. Which was, you know, obviously helping people pass the exams. How, one, how did you even decide to start that? Um, and then correct me if I'm wrong, is it still in, you know, is it still operating today? Do people still go through the courses? Uh, I'd love if you could tell us more about that. Yeah, so uh, 
a great friend of mine, uh, Ziad, we'll probably have him on the podcast, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of, we're always looking to do something different and, you know, trying to trying to get ahead of the game somewhat and, and trying to help as many people as we can. Uh, so, yeah, in third year, you know, we had talked about it in second year. We we talked to the upper years and they didn't know how to study for the board exams and they were always kind of stressed out and whatnot. So we were like, we thought, you know, why isn't there a resource? There's resources for the DAT, which is the admissions mm-hmm. test uh, for, for dental school, but there's not really anything for uh, dental students graduating, you know, writing their board exam, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, especially since we were in Australia, we didn't have, you know, I think in, in some universities in Canada, they help help you prepare in a way, whereas in Australia, we're kind of segregated and, you know, we don't have all that information, essentially. So uh, we kind of relied on the upper years and, and their expertise and help. So, uh, yeah, in third year, we kind of marked on this project to do to create a business, to create a platform and an educational platform for for students like us that, uh, you know, they could go to a resource to help guide them in getting their licensure, licensure essentially. So uh, we created a platform. It was tough. I mean, we worked at it for two years. It was it was definitely tough, but it was probably one of the most rewarding things that we've ever done. Uh, and it was great doing it with someone. And again, that's kind of why I think this is great because I think partnerships, when they work, they, they're great. You help push each other and whatnot. So, so me and Ziad pushed each other. We built a website. Uh, we did all this content. So we literally wrote out all the questions ourselves, the answers, uh, referenced those answers, uh, built a website. Um, but now it's the, the exam has kind of changed. So it's still running and, I've, and people still do use it. Um, but we're actually undergoing a little bit of a shift where we're actually, uh, there's a new new format to the exam now. Um, so mm-hmm. it's an OSCE format. Um, so we're actually transitioning that um, and it's currently kind of underway. And yeah, we, we want to keep it going. It's definitely something that we're very proud of. And it kind of reminds us of the effort that we kind of put in. And and it's been great because we've heard, we've had great feedback from, from students. So uh, yeah, that's kind of what keeps us going with it. Yeah, I can imagine. It's probably nice running into, you know, if you're at a CE course or something like that and a young dentist comes up to you and they're like, hey, help me pass my boards or, or whatever the case is. Like, I can imagine yeah. that could be extremely rewarding. Forget, obviously, all the hard work that you put into it. And if there's any compensation you guys receive, really, that's probably the main benefit of of doing that, of having friends in your community that, that you've helped, which is pretty cool. Exactly. At the end of the day, you know, that's that's what it's all about, helping each other and, and growing with each other. And if we can help our colleagues, why not? That's a fee definitely something that we'd, we'd love to do essentially. Yeah. And I guess fast forwarding kind of to when you started practicing, obviously it was COVID and, and you couldn't work for a bit, but you worked at three clinics initially, right? Yeah. So one of them, I, it was kind of the, so we had a business, my parents had a business growing up. Uh, I was a dentist next door. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we kept in good contact and whenever I'd come back from dental school, I'd go shadow. And then, you know, they offered me a job. They said, you know what, next year we're looking for an associate. Let's, if you'd, if you'd want to come work for us, we'd, we'd love to have you. So that was one of the jobs that I, that I, um, that I started with, which is great. It's an established practice, um, great mentors, uh, mm-hmm. eventually phase it out, but it was, it was great. Um, we had a great relationship and everything. So that was good. One of the offices was, a little bit far away, more of a corporate office, busy, um, lots of dentists kind of all at once. So that was great as well because 
the dentists actually, we all helped each other. Uh, there was not really mm-hmm. like a sense of competition, which was awesome. Uh, so I got to learn from, you know, dentists that were five, five, 10 years ahead of me. Uh, so that was great, terrible drive. And I, I used to do terrible hours. Um, but I just thought, you know, if I was going to drive an hour and a half, I might as well make it worth it and work the whole day. And then, yeah, so it was, it was great. It was great. You know, while it lasted as well, but I eventually moved on. And then I also worked for my cousin, which I still do right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, he's awesome. He's been like a older brother and, and a mentor for me. So, uh, that's, you know, you can't really ever replace that. It's tough to, it's tough to have something like that. So I'm very grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, you know, through CE courses, um, which is something that I would highly recommend, uh, you know, new grad dentists and any dentist really in general, take as many CE courses as you can. Um, I've taken my, quite my fair share of them. Uh, I think it's important, not only, you know, are you expanding your skills and, and seeing what's out there, you make connections and, you know, one of the courses that I took, the, the, um, the practice I work at now, um, he was one of the mentors there. So, you know, we had a good connection when an associate position came up, uh, we ended up joining him. I ended up joining him and my, my wife currently works for him as well. So, um, it definitely opened up, it opens up many doors when you take CE, not only in terms of expanding your clinical skills, but you get to meet people and make connections and, and, you know, it gave us a great opportunity and that's where I'm currently at. So work at my cousin's office and, and, um, and the other office that me and my wife work at as well right now. So, uh, and it's awesome. We've got a good gig going. Yeah. I, I was going to ask, cause the clinic, you just said that you went to that CE course and now you're working with that, that, uh, that principal, um, and your wife does as well. How's that dynamic been? Cause I know you guys obviously are married. You spend time together at home and then you also work together. <laughs> Has it been difficult, I guess, like navigating, okay, when do we leave work at work? Do you guys talk about dentistry all the time? Are you able to leave work at work? How's that been? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Um, so luckily, oh, not luckily and unluckily, I guess, uh, we, we work together one day. Um, so <laughs> uh, we each we each worked our three days, but we kind of coincide on one day. And so far, it's been awesome. Uh, I can't complain. We have a great relationship and, you know, we, you know, respect each other and professionally and stuff as well but i think we have a good thing going on because you know we help each other out as much as we can um and it's nice kind of driving together and you know we try and not talk about dentistry but it's always going to be there unfortunately and that's what we like and that's our passion so you know we try and cut it out as much as we can at home we'll talk about it for 30 minutes and then try and you know phase it out and talk about other stuff but it always makes its way back. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Don't worry. My wife yeah. complains about how much I talk about finance and she's like, I don't care. Um, I just really yeah. don't. Um, it's just, it's when you like what you do and you're passionate about it, you're going to talk about it. You're going to be excited yeah, exactly. about it and tell people about it. So I think that's normal, especially when you got two people in the same industry, that's, that's almost bound to happen. And exactly. both of you day to day today, um, practicing general dentistry, like what do is there sort of an area that you like to specialize, you like to do more work in, but, or really like, what does your day-to-day look like as of today? Yeah. So, um, good question. Um, I guess early on, I, you know, you kind of have different views and journeys of what you think you're kind of going to go through when you, you know, when you're in down school and when you graduate, it changes a lot. So I think a good piece of advice is be open to change. Uh, change is good. 
Uh, so, you know, I thought I was just going to do, be doing surgeries all the time. And that was going to be my thing. Cause that's what some of my mentors did. So I thought that was kind of the way to go. Um, and then having different associateships working at different places, it opens up your eyes. So the practice that we work at now, they are, a, you know, a fully digital practice. So we do, you know, we do the Cerex, the same day dentistry. We do, um, we do a lot of things same day. We do a lot of digital stuff. We implement digital planning and, and workflows into our practice. So um, that's opened up my eyes because that's something that I'd never kind of experienced beforehand. So um, I guess for for me, uh, I'm a, I guess somewhat, I do a little bit of everything. So I do, you know, surgery, um, wisdom teeth, implants. Um, I do IV sedation as well. Recently got my certification for that. Uh, I do, I did a full year, um, diploma in digital orthodontics as well. So I guess I do a little bit of everything. Um, I don't know if it's smart, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's good to experience everything. And then you can kind of essentially phase out things that you're more passionate, passionate about and things that you're less passionate about and kind of work your way there. Uh, in terms of my wife, she graduated not too long ago, but she's been doing, you know, awesome things. Uh, she's, you know, general dentist as well, but she's been doing a lot of the digital stuff as well. So that's something that she's really enjoyed. Interesting. Yeah. So it sounds like a very true and true de- uh, general dentistry practice that, that you're really running is I'm yeah. doing a bit of everything tr- in, to the best of my abilities. Exactly. We, we keep most things in house where our patients relatively, we don't really have to send patients out too much, but, um, mm-hmm. but when we have to, obviously then, then we do, but uh, we, yeah, we try and keep as much, uh, you know, keep them in the practice as much as we can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess we kind of have a background as to where you grew up, how you got into dentistry and, and really what you're doing these days, yeah. I guess, looking forward, um, two parts, where do you see yourself going as Dr. Hamami as the dentist? And then what is it that you're looking to get out of this podcast? You and I obviously can, can have a conversation about that more in depth, but I'd love to hear, uh, obviously myself, um, of, of what the future holds, but also for anyone listening, what they can expect from you as a dentist and then you as, as, as a podcast host. Yeah. So great question. Um, so things, again, things are always changing, right? So, uh, my, you know, when I first graduated, I was like a year into it, I was pretty set on specializing. Uh, I was going to go into ortho, but then I switched and, you know, things change, but now I've, you know, definitely a practice ownership is, is on the horizon, whether, you know, buying into a practice, acquiring a practice or starting up a practice. That's obviously something that we're going to be talking about and talking to guests about as well. I don't think there's like a, you know, a wrong, wrong answer. Um, everyone's got their own journey, uh, but definitely see practice ownership in the future. Uh, in terms of the podcast, this is what we're trying to get out of it is, is you know, interview as many people. Uh, see what you know people that are that are five years out 10 years 20 years out see what they've done how they've kind of progressed um and then uh, seeing where our journeys go and then i guess shoot to shoot it back to you i think it would be good to kind of talk to you about you know about your history and then we can kind of tie it all in and and to talk about where this podcast is is going essentially where we see it going so you know we met at a at a we we like to go to events uh we met at a it's, it was like a new dent, uh, new dentist kind of conference or. I think if I'm not wrong, it was an event held by bright future dentists. So shout out to yes. them. Um, yes. I'll be honest. I don't remember the exact 
like theme of that event. Um, but yeah, I remember meeting you there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we, I think we hit it off. We were talking, you know, talking about things in the future and whatnot and what we do. Uh, so I think we definitely vibed right away. Um, but it would be, I actually want to ask you about your, like, we know each other an okay amount, but I think I'd, I'd really want to know more about you and kind of where, you know, where you came from and, and how you started and, and how you kind of ended up in, in dentistry, essentially. So um, if you can tell me about like, you know, a little bit about your, about your upbringing and, and university kind of early, early midlife, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I'm out on the West Coast. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm born and raised in a city called Delta. It's like 45 minutes away from downtown Vancouver, depending on traffic. Um, but yeah, pretty much spent my whole life here. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to do again, coming going into university. Prior to that, I, I genuinely thought I was going to be a professional soccer player. That was like all <laughs> I wanted to do. Um, <laughs> and then what happened was in like high school, it was sort of like, okay, I'll just get a scholarship for soccer to at least pay for university. And then maybe we'll see you like, if I'm able to springboard that into like something else. But the idea was in high school that I'm going to make sure my schooling is paid for. I grew up in like a household where money is very, very tight. And so Mm -hmm. my idea always was I need to be able to pay for my own schooling um, and really get a good job, whether that is being a professional soccer player or like, you know, some other high up corporate job. That was kind of the, the, the 18 year old Carthage's thought process. And then yeah. funny enough, I actually came to Ontario for my schooling. Uh, uh, I did one year of school at the university of Windsor. And the hilarious thing was, I still remember when the coach called me, um, this is back in the day when like you would send out mixtapes of your game <laughs> and like to a bunch of coaches. And he, I remember him calling me very vividly and he was like, yeah, you know, I, I I'm from the university of Windsor. I saw your video. And then he kind of just started like asking me if I was interested in the university, if I knew anything about it. And me, I was like, I don't even know who this guy is. So I like literally remember sitting on my phone, like Googling, where is the university of Windsor? <laughs> what is this school? Um, and I obviously just was like, yeah, I'm interested. I definitely want to come and play for you guys. And, um, I went there once, did a quick tryout and then didn't really look around the city and decided to commit. Mainly, it was honestly an entirely financially motivated decision. They were giving me the most amount of money. It was guaranteed. I wouldn't have to pay for my schooling at all. That's awesome. Flights, books, everything was covered. And I was like, all right, like it's a no-brainer. And then I get to Windsor, and it no offense to anyone from Windsor, it is not a fun city to be in, especially (laughs) when you're from like the West Coast. It was minus 40, I think, like the first winter there. And here in like BC, minus five is cold. So you yeah. can imagine it was like a bit of culture shock, but I had great roommates. I loved, honestly, I loved the city. Um, it has a very special place in my heart even today. Um, and like the, the, my roommates are like my best friends till this day. That's but awesome. it was after that first season that I was like, okay, am I going to be a professional soccer player? Probably not. Like <laughs> um, I'm not even one of the best guys on my team. Um, I barely play right now. I highly doubt it was like a bit of a, humbling moment of like okay you're not as good as you thought you were you're, you're from this little city and you were maybe the best guy there but now on a bigger scale you're just you're not who you thought you were um so yeah. it was a bit humbling and then when i came back home as well i, I just saw that i grew up in a single parent household and, and my mom was you know she missed me um and yeah. i'll be honest i missed her too and it was like okay maybe maybe i go back home um and get started on my career because that's a lot more tangible um i can actually work hard and do very well there and maybe soccer is a bit of a pipe dream so um, yeah, did, only did one year in Windsor, went to UBC after that, came back home you know, to BC, uh, studied 
economics and like literally i think six weeks after getting back i got a job um at the bank um and, and started working in banking um and That's even awesome. that was because of one of my mentors um I, I met with him and you know i'm pretty distraught i was like hey i thought i was gonna be a soccer player like i'm back home now what do i do with my life and um i told him that i was always into business um i always wanted to do something in business even while i was in windsor me and my roommate would like go shovel driveways for money or or do things like that. And so we're always trying to do something on the side. And I still remember him like always telling me like, hey man, all the wealthiest people in the world are business owners. We should drop out of university. Why are we even here? <laughs> um, and so when I gave back, I was like, okay, I know I want to do something in business because um, business is, in my opinion, like the ultimate sport. It is a 24 mm-hmm. seven sport. You could play forever. Um, and so I was introduced to my mentor's advisor. Um, he worked at RBC at the time. And he really just told me about the industry, how it works. We got along really well. He was like a semi-professional rugby player. Um, And so, you know, we were kind of like jocks and we just got along. And he kind of told me like, hey, you got to do these educations, these, you know, this education, these designations, and this will will get you to sort of where I'm at. And he was Mm -hmm. someone I thought was like just an extremely successful person. He was someone I wanted to be like, you you know, he he had a great wife, he had great kids. He was wearing like a $30,000 watch the first time we met. He was wearing a nice suit. Very nice guy. Even like when I went to go meet him, um, I got to the, the restaurant early. Um, and he was at a place called the Terminal City Club in, in Vancouver for anyone who's on the West Coast here. And um, when I got there like 30 minutes early, I, I just told him like, hey, I'm here to meet so-and-so. And they're like, yeah, he's just taking a morning swim. He'll be done in about 15 minutes. And he'll be uh. <laughs> so I was like, like, is this guy Batman? Like, who is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you taking a morning swim? Um and so, awesome. yeah, I was just instantly from like that moment on, I was like, okay, I want to be like him. Um, yeah. I want to, I want to have a life like that. He's just like me. I can go and do the same things. And so anything he told me to do, I would just go and do it. He'd be like, oh, go get this course done. And I would go and do it. Um, go and try to get this position at the bank. And I would go and do it. So yeah. um, I worked my way up the ranks very quickly at TD. Um, I was going to school full time, but I was also working full time and sort of in my last Third and fourth year, I just stopped attending class. I would just look, mm-hmm. listen to lecture slides. And so, you know, I'd like go to class if I needed to. I'd sleep in my car, put on a suit and then go into work like the next, like right after. Um, and that's why I worked at TD because they had hours that were really long. Mm-hmm. So I really grinded, got like four years of experience in before I was 22, um, I think. Wow. And so um, worked my way up the ranks, started as a teller all the way up, became the youngest like investment specialist in TD's history. And I was... Funny enough, I was managing money for like UBC professors while I was still at UBC as a student. They just didn't know because I looked older. That's the nice thing about being Indian, right? You you grow a beard and (laughs) I have gray hairs as well. And so everyone thought I was a lot older than than I really was. And so, yeah, that's what happened. That's what I was doing. Um, That's how I got into the industry and that's how I got my reps in, so to speak. But then after TD, the the day I graduated, um, I think I handed in my resignation and I got a position at Scotiabank. Um, as a senior advisor, um, and I was going to be mainly working in like South Surrey, which is a really nice area of BC, um, in the lower mainland. And I was going to be working mainly with medical professionals at Scotiabank. And so I started working there. Um, and I think, I don't know the exact time I was there, but it was very short. Um, it was maybe six to like nine weeks that I was there. I like just did my training and then I just hated being at the bank. Um, oh, wow. so you quit, I, you quit almost right away. Yeah, almost right away because I was freshly graduated. I was like, okay, well, I didn't like having a boss. Um, Not because it was a bad thing to have a boss. I just didn't agree with what was being told to me. 
my advice was very much, you have sales quotas, you have sales targets, you have a boss to, you know, sort of impress. You can only offer the bank's products. If a client comes in and let's say I had a really great conversation with the client, we got along, I talked to them about their goals, but I didn't sell a product that was considered a bad meeting to my managers. Mm -hmm. Whereas for me, I'm like, I built a connection. I'm helping this person relieve, you know, some sort of financial stress. And so I didn't like that pressure. Um, And then I just decided like, you know what, I could probably do a better job of being an advisor and like truly act in my client's best interest Mm -hmm. if I was independent. And so, yeah, yeah, I went independent. And then initially in my business, I was just kind of helping anyone and everyone, (laughs) you know, friends and family. You start on social media. I used to do seminars in the community and, and really just trying to build up my client base. And then I did that for, you know, a year or two. And then pandemic hit. I was at home. Um, and decided to just kind of look at my business of like, what do I want to do long term? It was actually like a pretty pivotal point for me. I had just gotten gotten engaged. Nice. Um, I was about to end my lease on my office and I was about to sign up for a new one. I was debating, do I, you know, buy an office? Do I lease another one? So there was a lot of decisions I was making around that time. And at the time as well, I was like, OK, I'm really busy. Um, and I, I didn't like being a jack of all um, and really a master of none. And Mm -hmm. so at that point, I had been doing mortgages and investing and insurance and really doing a one-stop shop, but I was doing it for everyone. And so when I looked at my clients, I was like, okay, maybe I specialize in who I work with. And at that time, about, like I said, 80% approximately of my clients were in healthcare, but that meant all of healthcare. That meant physicians, dentists, optometrists, uh, physiotherapists, chiropractors, so on and so forth. And so at that time, I was like, okay, well, Maybe I start a company called White Coat Financial because I always knew I wanted to specialize. Um, and the idea was if you wear a white coat traditionally, I will help you. And so a lot of my clients and marketing became more towards physicians and dentists and optometrists. Um, and that was kind of how White Coat Financial started. And I really that. just started honing in. Um, it made going Canada wide very easy because mm-hmm. the pandemic had hit. And I was always scared to niche down because I was like, well, I, I only have BC. Um, if I want to go and work with clients outside of my province, it, it's going to be very difficult to do so. And I was a little bit scared of like, how many dentists and how many doctors, and how many you know optometrists are really in British Columbia? Yeah. Stupid me. There, there's obviously a lot. Um, <laughs> but that was kind of my thought process. And then the pandemic really allowed me to go Canada wide and narrow down who I work with and then offer more services to that person. And then now where White Coat's at is just an extension of that. Very similar. Earlier this year, I was looking at my clients again and I was like, okay, well, of the 80% that were doctors, that were White Coat clients, now of the 80% of the clients I have, 80% are dentists. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, why don't I just niche down even further and specialize even further and do that much better of a job and widen our services again? So the... I keep iterating of going more and more narrow with who I work with and specializing in the the type of problems that I solve, but wider in the different tools that I have to to kind of solve those problems, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, I love that. Yeah, so White Coat today is really a full service, like one-stop shop for for dentists across Canada. So we we help with their investments, we help with insurance, we help with mortgages, we do tax planning in-house, I do financial planning. Um, and then we've even started now to do like vehicle financing. If you need a car loan, we also do clinic purchases. So if you want to buy a clinic, we can offer you the financing. Um, yes, the banks will give wow. you, you know, hundred percent financing, but we're still able to do it in case you're not getting the terms that are favorable or at least give the bank some competition so that they have to give you a lower rate or something like that. And so 
it very much is a, a one-stop shop right now of anything a dentist needs to you know manage their money um everything outside of their clinic financially speaking we're able to help them with i love it it's cool how um even though we're in kind of almost completely different industries uh there's so many parallels uh like you know talking about you know you're doing all these different things and then you started owning in on you know going from from everyone to health professionals to dentists it's kind of similar to us but you see as as dentists kind of evolve through their career you know they usually start doing general dentistry and they start owning it on certain skills uh, and doing certain procedures um which is kind of interesting so it's, it's cool how it parallels i love that you also have a mentor that you kind of had a you kind of saw yourself in this mentor which is which is great i think i think that's a very important thing because you know why reinvent the wheel when it's been invented right so you can always be you know obviously you're going to be your own person and you're going to do things your way but i think it's so it's awesome to have a certain goal to kind of achieve and, and to see someone that's achieved that and then going from there and them helping you th- you know, throughout your career, mm-hmm. it's so that, you know, you avoid, you avoid all the problems and the risks that they had taken and it kind of makes your pathway a little bit easier. And then, you know, you pass that on t- to the next generation. That's kind of how, yeah. you know, the beauty of humankind, I guess that's how it kind of evolves. Um, but it very much becomes full circle. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's yeah. funny enough, my mentor and I are technically competition now. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, like he doesn't work with dentists. But, like he, he will obviously, if, uh, if a dentist comes across, he'll work with them, but um, he yeah. works with the high net worth space and I guess so do I, but, um, yeah, I, I joke with him all the time because, you know, that sporting he, competitiveness is always there. And I, I very much, I'm like, yeah, I'm better than you because you're tied to RBC and I can do everything. I can do everything you do and more. Um, and so it, uh, it's turned into a fun like competition and, and it's still a very healthy and healthy relationship. So, yeah. Yeah. He, he built a little monster. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny because when I graduated too, I, I could have easily just went and and did a job offer, um, and started working for him. Um, but I kind of decided, yeah. okay, I'm going to become my own man because he's very high up at RBC. I didn't want that chip on my shoulder of, oh, you just got this job because of you know because, whoever he yeah. is. Um, so I was like, okay, I'd rather be my own man and, and and work. And then as I went through that path, I realized that I actually don't want to work at the bank, not because it's a bad place. It's honestly great. Um, I just didn't. I think as you get older, you become, you learn more and more about yourself and what your values are and what's really important to you. And yep. similar to you, when, you know, when you were in dental school, you thought I'm going to open, you know, 50 clinics and, and be this, you know, businessman. Exactly. And then life happens and you, you meet a partner and you become a man and you start understanding what your values are. And maybe that changes things. And that very much happened to me. I don't, I, I'll be honest. I actually don't really agree with the business model that, that he's under. Um, and so I thought it, it, it's kind of against my morals. I actually don't see the industry going that direction. I actually see it more going towards the direction that, that white coat financial is kind of sort of pushing it. Um, and so, yeah, you kind of become your own man and, and realize what's important to you and, and start, you know, living, living that out um, in your business and, and helping the clients that really you see fit, um, which I'm sure dentistry is the same. Everyone can do things their way um and everyone develops their own style and i think that's what's happened with me in my field that's awesome and and you have so many which is just crazy you have so many designations as well Mm -hmm. um so tell me more about that like i did it you know was it something that you got as you were kind of going and or you know like how did that come come yeah i I think that's the nice thing about knowing i i always say to everyone I'm, i'm probably one of the luckiest people in the world yes i absolutely work hard but 
I got very lucky in the sense of I knew what I wanted to do very early in my life, um, which was, you know, I think I was 18 or 19 when I started at the bank. And I knew that 18 or 19 year old, what I'm doing today is exactly what he wanted to do. Um, and so mm -hmm. it gave me a sense of focus and direction. So when I was in school, I did my CFP alongside my undergrad, which was kind of like our version of a DMD or a DDS. Um, and then yeah. I did my CLU. That's more of like an insurance specialty and tax specialty designation. And then right now, I don't know, maybe by the time this comes out, but early next year, I'll have my CIM done as well, which is like a chartered investment management designation. Um, and then when you have sort of that trifecta, you become a fellow of the Canadian Securities Institute. I still remember saying to like my mom that like, I want to get enough education where like my designations are as long as my actual name. Um, and I think, I think that'll <laughs> end up happening. And, and, Yes, part of that is ego and maybe part of that's vain, but very often the reason I, I went and did all the education that I did is, is really twofold. Number one, I think my industry needs to be heightened. You guys, imagine in dentistry, if you could just go and write like an exam and become a dentist and then doing dentistry school was optional after the fact. Um, and that exam, let's say it was open book and there was no clinical work required. It was just an open book, multiple choice exam. We would all yeah. agree that'd be terrible for dentistry and just terrible for Canadians because everyone would have all kinds of diseases and, and problems. That's what happens in the financial planning space. I love my mom to death. The woman can barely turn on a computer and, and like Google stuff. But if she wanted to, she be, she could become an advisor. I'm convinced within three weeks because it's an open wow. book exam, multiple choice, pretty common sense. And then you could do all these designations that I just mentioned after the fact if you want to do it. And you'd be shocked yeah. how many clients I come across whose advisor does not have the designations. Um, and to put it in your guys' terms, it, just because you have experience, that doesn't replace the education. I think you as a young dentist not. probably were coming out the gate and you probably had like assistants and hygienists who could probably do a root canal or something better than you could. Or at least they knew the steps, but you would never let them yeah. do it because they haven't done the education. And that's exactly yeah. the, the problem in, in financial planning. Not just for dentists, I think across the board for Canadians. Canadians deserve better standard of care from their advisors. And so that was one reason I wanted to get my education done. If I'm sitting across a client, I want them to have peace of mind knowing that, hey, I've done my education. It's almost a respect thing. Of I respect you mm -hmm. enough to go and get the designations, even if they're not required. But then to take it a step further, now the, the motivation has very much become I'm working with people who are highly, highly specialized in one area of life. Um, it is, again, almost disrespectful to not make sure I've done the same level of education um, or I've done similar you know, courses and I've, I'm continuing to take CE and I'm continuing to get designations. I, I want to make sure that when you sit across from me as a client, you can have some peace of mind that, hey, he's a specialist just the same way I am. Because when patients come to you, see you, it's a scary experience. People have dental anxiety. And then on top of that, you know, most people don't like coming to see the dentist. They're usually in pain. Yeah. They're usually not coming in for preventative stuff. It's usually when the problem is pretty bad. Um, and same thing with me. A lot of people have anxieties around money. Um, and there's a lot of emotions tied up into it. And a lot of self-worth tied up into it. I want to at least be able to mitigate the fear of does this guy know what he's doing? And take that off mm -hmm. your plate so that we can actually have an honest and deep conversation about really what's important to you and, and and where you want to see your life going. So that was kind of the reasoning for, for doing all the education I have. And it's actually very sad that people point out that I've done lots of education because we don't say that about dentists or physicians. You just kind of assume you have it. 
um, which is why yeah. I'm very vocal about it because I want all advisors to go and get this education so that it's not a big deal because you're supposed to be educated in the field that you work in, especially when your field can change people's lives, which is really what, in my opinion, financial planning does. But yeah, that's my, my long spiel. Um, you are firing me up. <laughs> I love that. I love that mindset. I love the hustle. Uh, I love that you're kind of you're setting the standard essentially, which is, which is amazing. That's, you know, that's what we want in every industry. And I think that as a dentist, that that's exactly what we want in someone that we are going to trust, you know, almost you, you're like a one-stop shop, which is awesome. So you're, you're helping us with everything. So I think the fact that you do that is awesome. It's firing me up kind of, you know, I, I'm yeah, really, really interested in this. Yeah. So it's uh good for you, buddy. I'm very, very proud of you. That's, you know, what you've accomplished is, is insane. Um, I know you've won a bunch of awards as well. Like you're, you've won the rising star, you're on this rising stars list. You've, you won the young achiever of the year by, by wealth professional Canada in, in 2023 or 2022 or. Yeah, it was this like year. Yeah. Good for you, man. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I appreciate um, that. So that really is a, is a testament to you and everything that you've done. Uh, and you know, that's, I guess that's why we're, why we're here together. Mm-hmm. We're both ambitious. We come from different, uh, different our backgrounds are pretty similar we kind of grew up kind of the same way which is great um we knew kind of what we want to do somewhat we work in different fields but there's so many parallels and then we kind of meet in dentistry which is awesome um so that's kind of that leads us to this podcast i guess and and what we what we want is i guess actually let's let's take it back like a a notch i guess because this isn't just what you do you're like you know, you, you, you're constantly exercising. I always see you on Instagram posting your, you know, you're always working out. You said you're, you're married, right? Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Married. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, kids or no? No, not yet. Just two dogs, but no, no kids. kids yet. Yeah. Okay. So we're in that, we're kind of in the same position, yeah. which is awesome. We're kind of, it's, you know, this, it's a tough area cause it's one of those. And I know you've talked about this. It's, it's called the avalanche or, or yeah. the, the adulting avalanche. Can, can you, go, that was like the, the premise avalanche. that built the company. Because most yeah. of my clients, I'll be honest, like, yes, I have clients in their 50s and 60s um, yeah. as they get closer to retirement and things of that nature. But a majority of the dentists I work with are late 20s to late 30s. Sort of, you know, you just from, hey, I just graduated dental school to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching my 40s and I really want to make sure my, my future is set up. Um, and yeah, you're hit with so many responsibilities, man. You're hit with yeah. six figures of student loan debt. You're hit with buying your first real car. You're hit with, mm-hmm. you know, buying maybe a house, maybe getting married, yeah. traveling, saving and investing. There's a lot of stuff. And it's a confusing age because some of your friends are still partying. Some are married and kids. It's like there's so many responsibilities and decisions, massive life decisions that get made yeah. in your late 20s to, to late 30s. Um, and yeah, not to keep shamelessly plugging our company, but we're here to pretty much help navigate those decisions of like how does this affect you financially long term um how does Mm -hmm. you know this all play out and i think that's why you and i get along so well or even with my clients we're like we're friends because we're all around the same age um we're all kind of going through similar things like i'm i've been married for what like a year longer than you but yeah no kids bought our first house a, a year and a bit ago and you know you start wondering like okay do i have children do i start a practice do i do all these things um and it's nice to be able to go through that similar experience with your clients um, and even explain to them exactly. like, Hey, I've seen what this looks like. This decision looks like five years from now. Um, if you go this path and it's really just nice being friends with your clients and, and being able to relate to them and 
listening to the same music. I, I listen to a lot of rap. And so I'll like constantly like, you know, put out quotes out there. And I, when, when a client understands what I'm saying, it's just, it's that much better. So, um, yeah, yeah, even you and I like I agree. similar life path, exact same sort of situation, um, which makes obviously working together that much funner. Yeah. That's what's got me super excited because, you know, we're into the same things. Um, this is an exciting time for, for, you know, our age group, uh, it's an exciting time in general. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on. Uh, the world's changed so much. There's so much innovation. Um, you know, and, and I talk to my peers and you're right, you know, some of them are having kids, some of them are single trying to figure out, you know, that, um, some of them are trying to, you know, there are some of them are owners now and they're navigating that as well. Yeah. So it's a super exciting time. It's obviously a stressful time, but, um, you know, it's stress is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, again, it's, it's super exciting to kind of see these ventures and where, where we're kind of going. Yeah. And that's kind of what brings us to, to where we're, you know, where we come together essentially. Yeah. So, and I, I think this podcast will be fun because we've obviously said it a lot. There, there's so many different journeys and paths in dentistry. You know, yeah. a lot of people focus on the, do I own a clinic or be an associate? But there's so many ways to earn an income in dentistry. I have clients who sell courses. Um, and that's honestly yeah. some of their income. And they spend the other time traveling um, where they're in their clinic maybe a couple of days a week. I have other clients who are associates and they work six months a year. And the other six months, they kind of live their life. It, there's so much stuff you can do in dentistry. I genuinely like thought about going back to school and becoming a dentist <laughs> because I honestly think it's probably one of the most beautiful professions out there. You get to mix yeah. science with art. You get to mix um, healthcare with entrepreneurship. Um, there's so many paths you can take. You can honestly never get bored. You can never know too much. Um, and you're genuinely helping people. You're relieving pain. You're helping be preventative. Make sure that, you know, they don't, you can screen for oral cancer and things of that nature. There, there's so much that you can do to help and change someone's life. Um, so I'm like fired up all the time about dentistry. Um, but there's so many paths that you can take. There's so many yeah. different options you have. Um, and I think this podcast would be great because you are obviously working in dentistry, like literally. I'm like dentistry adjacent, I guess. I'm not in dentistry, but I that's all I do all day. Like even my podcast, I listen to dental podcasts. I listen to Hi, I'm Doctor and all these <laughs> other podcasts um, constantly. So if I'm like on a run, I'm constantly thinking about dentistry. But I think this podcast would be great with you and I working together because you can cover like more of the clinical, technical side of things. What is life like as a dentist? Um, and then I can sort of bring in my knowledge of what is life like outside of dentistry. When you leave that clinic and you, you sh- shut the doors on it, um, what do you actually do with with your income? What do you do with your business? Does it make sense to be an associate or not? Because money affects everyone. Um, money affects mm-hmm. every, it touches every single aspect of your life, from your relationships to your health, to your happiness. Um, and I think this will be a, a fun partnership to to have conversations with people who are in dentistry, dentistry adjacent, talk about their career paths um, and add a little bit of a, a different spin. And, and ideally, honestly, I know you you guys as dentists can work kind of all across the world. Um, and dentistry is very similar no matter which country you go to. Um, but for me, all my knowledge is Canadian. So it'd be nice to have sort of a resource, even from a, from a financial planning standpoint, that specializes in, in Canadians. Because there's so much information and misinformation out there. 
Um, and I get dentists yeah. asking me all the time, like, hey, can I buy a house with 3% down? I was like, no, that's in the States. Or, you know, <laughs> or my student loans, are they interest deductible? It's like, no, I think that's in the States. It's not really here. So um, I'm very excited about just talking about a ton of different topics as they relate to dentistry. And really, it'll be really nice, I think, for like a lot of young dentists who are confused of like, what do I do? Yes. What are the different paths I could take? Why should I be exactly. a dentist? Um, what's exciting about this profession? Yeah. And I think that's kind of where we touched on previously when we we're talking about mentorship and, you know, emulating yourself somewhat, seeing yourself in someone. Uh, so I, you know, I listened to, during COVID, I listened to a bunch of podcasts and I'm like, you know what, I kind of see myself being like this dentist, uh, like, you know, they got what they've got going on is great. Um, so I think the the list of guests that we have is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the listeners are going to love it. We have such a wide range of, of, you know, people that are five years out, people that are third years out, you know, multi-practice owners, single practice owners, associates, um, public dentists. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's so many ways to kind of fulfill what you need to fulfill essentially. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, so at least, it, you know, it gives our listeners and viewers something to kind of emulate and kind of to see themselves in and see what's kind of out there and what's possible. Sometimes you don't even know what's possible. Um, mm-hmm. so you kind of are exposed to it. So, um, that's a great thing about what we're doing, I think. Uh, and then, you know, we have your aspect as well, which is huge. Cause you know, there's so many things that I personally don't know that I want to ask you about. Uh, so, you know, we're probably going to have little, little clips, little sideshows about, you know, debt pay down, insurance, investing, uh, taxes. Uh, that's something, you know, we went to school for dentistry and we are terrible for the most part with this stuff. And that's why we rely on, you know, on our team. Uh, you know, we have it, you know, we talk about, we were both, you know, sports fanatics and we kind of talked about having, you know, you're the Phil Jackson, I think. I'm going to call you Phil Jackson. You can be, you know, part of the triangle offense and, and um, you kind of guide us and, and let us know kind of what to do. And, that help us, you know, avoid pitfalls and help progress our career. Mm-hmm. So that's super exciting. Uh, I'm going to be learning a ton from you. Uh, and I think, you know, vice versa. And we're going to be learning a lot from our guests and our guests are going to be learning from us and our, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm super, super excited about this. Um, so, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think that that wraps up this episode. I think the, the guests now yeah. know a little bit about you and a little bit about me and, and kind of what we're going to be doing on this podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Dental Journeys podcast, proudly sponsored by White Coat Financial. Join us next time as we continue to explore the journeys, strategies, and successes of dental professionals across Canada.